Welcome to Grave to Great. I'm your host, Tracy Wood, and this is our weekly podcast where we discuss end-of-life issues, hospice care, and implications for families and their caregivers. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of Brave to Great. I have the pleasure of having Susan Lotta with us again today. Susan, you bring so much inspiration to our listeners, and you really uh, help us all with coping skills and how to continue our journey of, of grief and to go from a state of not being able to move on and maybe being just a little bit numb to being great and living our lives to and living out up to our best potential in our lives so I am so excited to have you here again today and thought we would talk a little bit more about the role nostalgia plays with a dying loved one great so how are you Susan I'm doing well, thank you, and looking forward to having this conversation. Well, awesome, awesome. So, Susan, can you tell me some ways that you can help your your dying loved one share their memories, you know, as they are going through this process and the family is going through this, this process, they have some memories recorded? Wonderful, yes. Memories are really, really important, especially for those that are left behind after a person has died. And so different ways that people, one of the things that um, I've heard a lot about is that when someone is sitting down with a person that's been given a terminal diagnosis and they start doing some reminiscing or they start sharing some things, that they videotape that. Because I will tell you, that being able to hear the person's voice is something that is so important after they have died. Because I often hear people say, I don't know if I remember how they talk or how they laugh or the, you know, the different inflex in their, in, in their language and things like that. And so that in itself is a wonderful gift, being able to see them as you video this process as well as to hear them, because that seems so important. So one of the things that people can do is just to sit down with that person and start going through photos, whether they're on your phone or whether they're in an actual album, which just seems like such a, a long ago thing that we used to do. Um, <laughs> and maybe you even want to create a slideshow, you know, it's like if you know, we know that you've been given this terminal diagnosis, and a lot of people do slideshows right at the funeral or the memorial service. So what photos would be important for you to have those in there to share who you were, all of who you were from birth to death? And so you might even want to bring in some people that have, so you know, we all have phones that have a gazillion photos on. Um, and so maybe finding a time when people can come and share some of those photos um, from their phone that the person may not have ever seen and having it be a time of, um, you know, of, of remembering and celebration and some healing. And I think one of the things that's really important when you do that, especially with someone that is sick, 
is you really have to make sure that you're not overwhelming them and pay attention to their energy level. Um, that's one thing. And the other thing with that is make sure that they're okay, that, you know, make sure that the photos or the memories or whatever are okay to share. And are there certain people that they don't want them shared with? And just have a conversation about that. That's awesome. Those are really good suggestions. And, um, you know, going through this process, I'm wondering, how does nostalgia before a loved one's death impact the grieving process? That's a really good question. Um, I would say that one of the things that it does is if you are, like my grandma died back in 95, and she was 95 years old. And I saw her when she, um, probably about six, about two months before her death. And um, we sat down and I, this was back in 95. So phones were not like they are right now, cell phones. And so I taped her just telling me about her life. And I still have that tape. I mean, you know, it's like a, I don't even know if I have a device that I could play it on right now. But um, that, when I sat down and, and talked with her about her life, it felt like I was led into this world that I didn't even know about my grandma. And she shared with me about her um, her childhood and when her dad died when she was six in a car accident. And I did know that, but she went much further into that, um, that story. And I can tell you when I... Um, after she died, I took that tape, and it was probably about an hour and a half long conversation as we sat there on her couch in her little living room in um, Florida, and um, listened to it. And I, it just it made me sad because I missed her, but it also I felt this total sense of connection with her, and I think that's one of the things that can happen. As you talk about the nostalgia, as you prior to the person's death and then after the person has died and being able to go back and reflect on that. Yeah, that is, you know, I have just cell phone messages. You know, my dad died unexpectedly, but I have cell phone messages that I had randomly just saved, but now I have those and mm-hmm. they do make you feel so um just so connected and being able to hear their voice and mm-hmm. um I think it's just been really therapeutic for me. So Yeah, yeah you know, I listen and, to them all the time, but it 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 really does um make me feel connected. And and there is a term in the world of thanatology, which is the study of death and dying. And it's called continuing bonds, continuing bonds. And what that means is that like when you read those text messages from your dad, there's a, you feel a different type of connection with him. than you know, when you look at pictures with your dad and your family in it, it's a different, it's, it's that continuing connection with him. I was just talking with a woman right before this um, podcast. And she was telling me her husband died um, back in November, and she has decided to um, 
to journal every day. And she's made a journal to her husband. And she said, I, you know, I'm journaling. And sometimes I get really sad. And I'm just kind of telling him what's happening with the kids and the grandkids and whatnot. But she said, I feel so connected with him when I'm doing that. And so and we talked about continuing bonds. And she goes, oh, that makes so much sense. It so, does. It does. That's awesome. And it's it's yeah. good to know that, you know, that is available. And I think so many times we don't realize how we can continue to have relation a relationship with our loved one that has transitioned uh, from this life. So, um, yeah, I, I love that idea of continuing bond. So, can you um? Can you kind of just walk with me down this path just a little bit? Uh, how can having stories written down from your loved ones, loved one help after their death? If they, if you are able to uh, have that journal, or that they may have started, or um, before they passed, or if they've written down different events or memories in their lifetime, how can that, how can that help after their death? Going back to the same kind of um, the term of continuing bonds, it helps you stay connected. So think about, you know, not so much now, but think about recipe cards. And let's say um, like my grandmother, my maternal grandmother loved to cook and she wrote a lot of recipe cards and her handwriting was very, very distinct. And so I have some of those recipe cards and when I go through my little recipe box when I'm wanting to do something that I, a, a recipe that has been in my family or whatever, and I see her writing, it's like, again, it's that that connection with my maternal grandmother, who I may not have been thinking about when I was getting into the recipe box, but it, it just gives me a warm feeling. And so um, finding different ways, whether it's through photos, whether it's through the writing in a, the journaling that can help you stay connected. I was looking up um, some stuff on continuing bonds, and, and there's a, um, a Harvard professor by the name of Henry Gates. He's a, um, a psychologist. And he said, nostalgia is a way of testifying to our loved one's continuing existence. They have, have not passed on. They've passed into us. They're in our hearts. They're oh. in our stories. They're in yeah. us. And, yeah. you know, when I, when I think of people that have had someone die and they're, they don't get to see their children or their grandchildren, how they live in the, in, you know, in sharing about them is through us, through your stories of your dad with your kids, through your stories of your dad, through your other family members. So I was reading something today, and uh, there was a, a story about this woman whose son died. Um, he was 19, and he was killed in an auto accident. I do not know this woman. And she went and got um, his genes. Apparently, he had a lot of genes. And in the course of the first year of after his death, she made 30 teddy bears with the genes of her son. And she said, I cried. and you know, I, I had memories of it. In some moments, it was hard. But for the most part, it was really, really healing. And then after the year, the one-year mark of her son's death, 
she invited um, her immediate family and some extended family and friends to come over and pick up pick a teddy bear that she had made. And in the course of that time, they all showed up at one particular time. And in the course of that time, they sat down and shared stories about her son, some of which she had never heard before. And she said wow. in this article, what a profound time that was for her, because it was like her son was still here and people were still talking about him. And that's the whole thing about saying their name after a person has died and continuing to bring them into events and conversations, however you might do that. Wow, yes, that it, it definitely is very um, therapeutic to do that because they really do still live in us and they really, mm-hmm. they really are still with us and they're very much a part of our lives and a part of our hearts and who we are. So I love there is studies about um, continuing and it is so important to know that it's okay. You know, I think sometimes uh, people kind of struggle with that a bit, um, you know, honoring that person and letting them, letting the world know that they still exist, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. They really, they, they really are still here with us. Yeah. And I think one of the things is that when you are, if you choose to do some, you know, recording of whoever has been diagnosed with a terminal illness and you want to hear their story, you there's two different things you can think in terms of one, more than two, but, you know, you need to make sure that they are okay with it, that you monitor their ability to keep doing it and their energy level. But also you might want to think in terms of using opening questions, um, kind of uh, using phrases like, um, tell me more about that. So you you want to think in terms of both opening, um, like uh, conversation, and you also want to look at things like um, where they are not, uh, where it's like, where were you born? Like last night we were doing a group and one of the participants in the group, her dad had died, and she wanted to, she didn't know where her dad had been born. And so she called a family member who was not very kind to her over the phone and wouldn't tell her where her dad was born. And so now she's going to be digging into it, trying to figure out. But for her, that just seems really important. She wants to know more about her dad. He had not been in her life a lot for a lot of different reasons, but she wanted to know more about her dad. And so um, just asking questions and being mindful of how um, some people will expound and some people will have very short answers. Right, right. Well, I think that, um, you know, how however we're able to do it and however we're able to continue um, for our loved ones to live in our hearts and minds and souls every day, realizing that it will allow us to go from a place of feeling great to feeling great again is such a wonderful blessing and I appreciate you so much for coming on today and talking with us about um, about that and and letting giving us really permission to do it so I I really do appreciate it so much Susan thank you thank you and have a great day thanks for listening 
To keep up to date with our future episodes, head on over to GraveToGreat.com and be sure to give us a review of your favorite podcast app. We'll be back with a new episode next week. See you then. Mm-hmm.